Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. All right, everybody. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's Thursday, and it's time to preview Saints, Vikings. Andrew, you got to talk me off a ledge. I admit I am in Full panic, petrified mode. I wrote my Channel 4 column today, three-step process to getting over your Saints fears. But it wasn't for Saints fans. It was mostly just therapy for myself. I look at the Vikings, and I think this is going to be the Saints' hardest playoff game of the three. And if they win Sunday, they're going to the Super Bowl. But this game petrifies me with Minnesota because I think they have everything you need to beat the Saints. Oh, man. What a way to start. <laughs> it is. Jesus. Uh, that, I mean, you really feel that way? I mean, I do because I look at them. They have multiple good wide receivers. The same secondary is struggling. They have a very good pass rush. And those are the things you need to beat the Saints team. You have to pressure Breeze with not, without blitzing. And you have to be able to take advantage of the Saints beat up and struggling secondary at times. And they have it. And I don't feel like Green Bay has it. And I feel like San Francisco, the reason they stomped on the Saints and scored 48 was game plan. And I think Dennis Allen and Sean Payton might be able to fix some of that going forward. I just look at Minnesota and they, they petrify me. I hope, I hope I'm wrong and I hope the Saints just curb stomp Minnesota, but I'm very nervous. Yeah, well, you should be. <laughs> um, well, it's a playoff game, and I, I just think every team that has made the playoffs this year in the NFC is very strong. I mean, with the possible exception of the Eagles, and you know, I really feel like the Rams not making the playoffs um, was kind of too bad for them. I mean, I, obviously, I think they're a better team than the, than the Eagles, and I think had the Rams made the playoffs – I think top to bottom, one through six, 
you'd probably say like, hey, any of these six teams are capable of going to the Super Bowl. You know, and I, I really believe that. I, I think maybe besides the Eagles, I, I would say the other five teams, you know, I, I think it'd be really hard for the Vikings to win three road games in a row, and I don't think they'll do it. But I, I just think if you look at the rosters, if you look at how they've won this year, there's a lot of talent. There's They're, they're good football teams. Um, so I think the Saints could lose to any of those five teams that are in the NFC. Um, now, thankfully, this game is at home. Uh, yes, they present challenges to to the Saints. The Vikings have some weapons. They have uh, an explosive offense. And, you know, if the Saints play like they did when they hosted the Falcons this year, it's going to be a similar result. Because uh, I think offensively, the Vikings have a lot of the elements that the Falcons do, which is, you know, a, an explosive run game, uh, tons of playmakers on the perimeter, a quarterback that is efficient and can push the ball, um, and then an offensive line that's a little shaky. Um, and, you know, I think th- those are all kind of – I think Atlanta's offense is very similar to Minnesota's in, in a lot of those ways. So um, it could be problematic for the Saints, but I, I don't think you're – I guess the thing you're missing here, Ralph, is that you're not accounting for all the things that the Saints do yeah, that's that true. present problems to everyone else. And you know, it's interesting – that's whether that's Michael Thomas, which no one can stop, and certainly the Vikings aren't going to be good at doing that. And, and yes, they have a pass rush, but and, and look, how this game unfolds, to me, the biggest thing about this game is that the Saints offensive line looks to be rounding in health and form at the perfect time. They've got Andres Pete back, Nick Easton's playing well, so they can still use Nick Easton if they're not feeling good about Pete, but you know, everyone's off the injury report. Uh, Armstead is further back from his ankle issue. Ramchek is coming off one of his best games of the season in Carolina. So he's, he looks better. And so I just think from left to right, the Saints offensive line coming into this game is healthy, relatively speaking, and is they've got everyone back. They've got kind of their core guys. So if that offensive line is playing as well as I think they can, uh, then that's a big deal. And I think that's, that's a trump card that would win the Saints this game. Now, if they have in-game injuries to Armstead or Ramchek or Warford, you know, if, if guys, if we start to see those guys drop in this game, then that changes. But um, I, I think the Saints offensive line and how they perform and how healthy they are from start to finish in this game is a huge component, I think, of how the Saints will fare. You know, and look, I, I- during the year, I don't really consume, like when the Saints are playing whoever, I don't go to those teams' blog and consume their content. I just, for whatever reason, I don't do it. When it's the playoffs, I guess it's, it's everything's heightened, right? So you want as much information as you can get. So I'm reading the Vikings blog, and I, 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 I like the other team's perspective because I think it gives me and you stuff to talk about. But the interesting thing with Vikings fans is they look at their team and they think that, they are health. They're healthy to a certain extent, but they look at the they look at the Saints and they're like, last year we held Drew Brees to 120 yards, and this year we have Del- Devin- Delvin Cook back and no Rankins and no Davenport. We're going to be able to run on the Saints, which I just think the national media like they haven't paid attention. Like Rankins, Davenport, we can argue about like what what he what the, he's without him what the Saints will do, and but but like. 
Rankins, like he was awesome last year, but he's a, he was a non-factor this year. I think for the national media to play up that injury or other fan base, it shows me like you not only You're not you do not yeah. do you not watch the Saints, which I get. I I've only watched a couple Minnesota games, but it's also like you haven't done like five minutes of research in it. Yeah. Um, well, well, he. But the thing is, Rankins is not part of why they're so good against the run anyway. I mean, he he's very. I mean, maybe he could shoot the gap and make a play in the backfield last year, uh, but certainly not this year. And this year, he was a sub pass rusher. And mm-hmm. you know, if you were to ask me why they're so good against the run, I think it's. I, I think a big part of it is Demario Davis and AJ Klein. I just think their linebackers are so good in, in the trenches of. A- there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Absorbing blocks, shedding them off, and getting to these open spaces where the backs are, and then making a sound tackle. So I think the linebacker play is a huge reason why the Saints are so good against the run. Um, you know, certainly the front and the defensive line absorbing contact yeah. too. But I mean, yeah. that's Malcolm Brown. That's on Yamada. That's not Rankins, you know. So, again, like if you want to talk about the athleticism off the edge uh, and the difference between having Davenport in there stopping the run versus Hendrickson, then, then I would give that to you. And I, I do think that's a difference. But, you know, again, I just think – Granderson's shown a little bit here, and and I would have guessed that Granderson was really just a pass rusher, but Granderson has shown a similar athleticism against the run that we've seen from Davenport. Do you think? So, do you think Grand? Do you think your your UDFA son? Do you think he's going to play a really significant amount Sunday? I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think you know, remember they signed Noah Spence, and, and the whole idea there was Davenport's out, so they need to find someone that can help them. Um, and he hasn't really seen the field because they keep getting plus snaps from Granderson. And so I think at this point, there's no, no reason to change when you've got a young player that's playing at a high level. I think you got to be careful about putting him out there too long. You know, I think you want to yeah. ma- ma- manage his snaps. But I-, I just think when he's gone out there, he's given great energy. He's shown good athleticism and he's making plays here or there. So. I think the combination that they've had between Hendrickson and him is a, is a decent one. You know, and and Dave joked on the big show Monday that it's just he said or maybe it was you, I forget. It was just 
incredible that this player that the Saints signed and gave, you know, they gave him like $80,000 and for, for an undrafted guy, that's a lot. They gave yeah. it to him. He, he went to jail and through all of it, they kept him. And we joked about how incredible that is, but you can argue whether they should or should not have. But once they committed to him, they knew what they had and they stuck with it. And you got to give them credit for it. I mean, it's really paying off right now when you when you have a guy like Davenport go down because, yeah. again, the alternative is you're throwing Noah Spence yeah. <laughs> in, 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 into the wolves. You're throwing him at the wolves, either that or – uh, you know, you're picking up, a, you're playing a UDFA at defensive end. So, you know, and the Mario Edwards, you know, that's a guy we haven't talked about either, but he's a guy that uh, has basically played every position on the defensive line all year. And he's been good against the run. And he, he's a thick player that's flashed a little bit. He had a sack against Carolina. So he, he's a guy that I think uh, can give you some snaps there too. And so we, we've talked about this. It's not one guy. When, when a guy like Davenport that's so useful to your defense goes out, um, it's not you can't just you can't just replace him with one guy. You've got to use Hendrickson because of his tenacity and his relent, his motor and his ability to play four quarters where I think he kind of ascends as the game wears on because of his hustle. Yeah. You've got an athletic guy in Granderson who gives you maybe some of the athletic elements that Davenport has. And then Mario Edwards gives you maybe a little bit more weight in the pads. And, you know, if it's an obvious rundown, you put him at defensive end. So you mitigate a loss like that by playing different guys to their strengths. And I think each of those guys maybe gives you a little bit something different uh, that the Saints are going to use. They're going to use all three. Well, and here's the thing. And look, I'm not comparing Davenport to J.J. Watt because it's, it's, that, that's just two different worlds, right? But the point I'm going to make is J.J. Watt went out for the Texans. Their pass rush completely fucking fell apart. And that's why they're so excited to get him back Saturday because they're like, our pass rush will magically reappear. And the Saints... The pass rush with Davenport, it dipped a little, but it didn't go – it didn't drop like two or three levels where you're like, oh, my God, where is it? So I think that's positive. But The thing, the thing we have to remember with Davenport is – with Davenport, it's all about what we think he can become, what we think he'll be. Yeah. He's not, he's not there yet. Yeah. So I, I just – I think right now he's a six, seven sack guy a season. Like that's, that's just what he is until – and we've seen the potential. We've seen him flash, mm-hmm. so – we know he can be a double-digit sack guy easily based on how good he is uh, from a ceiling and perspective yeah. standpoint. But, like, he's not doing that on the field just yet. Uh, I mean, he's doing it in bits and pieces. But I, I just think overblowing the loss, he, he hasn't gotten there yet. So I, I just think there's a difference between expecting him to grow into something mm-hmm. versus saying he's there now. And where he's at right now, the loss is just, to me – it's too bad because you love his flash plays, but yeah. there's plenty of other plays where he has bad technique or he's not doing something right. So I, I guess my point there is there may be times where Mario Edwards, for example, plays a run play better than Davenport had or yeah. would have. So here's the thing I wanted to talk to you about because this was this was the other thing on the Minnesota blog that I found interesting is Minnesota, they run the Gary Kubiak play-action scheme of you know if you if you're not familiar with the Texans in Denver they run the 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 the, the play action the sort of stretch handoff plays and and one cut and go sort of but yep. it's heavy play action and everything sort of comes off the play action and Minnesota and that, that, fans that's are what San Francisco they, did against the Saints that yes. worked so well yeah but 
but but Minnesota doesn't run the motion and the sort of confusing stuff that San Francisco does. But what did the Saints do wrong in the San Francisco game against play action that they're going to have to fix against Minnesota? Well, I think San Francisco is just always one step ahead of the Saints. Um, and the reason I say that is out of the gate, I think the Saints game plan was very clear. We're going to stop the run. And if you remember, Stephon Anthony started in that game and, and he played poorly. But, <laughs> but, but the Saints came out three, three linebacker set. And so they had you know, Anthony in there. They had Craig Robertson and they had Demario Davis. And, and so you could tell the focus was the 49ers are a running team. Stop the run at all costs. And you know, we'll, we'll deal with stopping or we're going to force Garoppolo to beat us. That was kind of out of the gate opening drive. That was the position they took and the 49ers play action them to death. They were getting 15, 20 yard chunk passing plays because Eli Apple couldn't cover Samuel in single coverage, man coverage. And so they, they were basically getting huge chunk plays um, and Garoppolo lit them on fire. Right. And so then the Saints adjusted pretty quickly, and they said, okay, this, this is obviously not working. We're going to pull Anthony, and we're going to give him more of a coverage look. We're going to put C.J. Gardner-Johnson in there and go nickel. And then the 49ers started running those stretch plays where, you know, basically there, there's a tackle to be made. You know, if, if they lose containment, basically it's Von Bell or Marcus Williams or – Mm-hmm. CJ Gardner Johnson, they have one shot at making a tackle. Otherwise, it's an eight yard run, you know, and, and they were missing those tackles. And so, um, you know, basically that was the thing. They were doing misdirection stretch runs. And, and so, yeah. ba- based on a, a lighter front from the Saints. And so, I just think it's, it's one of those things where they were always, I just think they were one step ahead of the Saints. And so, that's what I would be worried about out of the gate because I think the Saints are going to be paying attention to Dalvin Cook. They're going to want to stop him. Uh, and yet they just can't allow themselves to get gashed with these big chunk passing plays. Yeah, I mean, that, that's to me, that's why I, I look at Minnesota and I, I just, I fear them. But on the, on the flip side, and this has been true of Kirk Cousins his entire career, career he is a system game plan quarterback. That, by that I mean if Dennis Allen has a great game plan, you can make Kirk Cousins look really bad. Where I feel like if Minnesota comes out and they have just a superb defensive game plan, it may take the Saints a quarter or whatever, but Drew Brees and Sean Payton will figure that shit out. And they, they did it last year in the playoff game, right? It was 17 to nothing, and it would look like for the world the Saints were dead. They come out in the second half, touchdown, intercept, you know, and they got back into it. So I just think... Drew Brees can always adjust and sort of color outside the lines. Kirk Cousins can't. So if the Saints yeah. can can manufacture a plan, how do you think – you mentioned all the stuff that Minnesota can, can do. What do you think the Saints are going to do? Like if you had to guess what they're going to try to do to start, what do you think it will be? Well, I think on obvious passing downs, you got to blitz. I mean, I, I know that that stresses your corners and man coverage and maybe you rotate safety help to – try to at least take away Stefan Diggs. But uh, I just think the Saints have to hit him. They, they absolutely have to hit Kirk Cousins. And he, he will make a mistake if you turn him. If, he, if he's play-actioning you to death and he's got time to throw 
and he's got wide receivers and man coverage streaking down the field, then he's going to make plays. But, but if you can confuse him, if you can hit him and affect him, then um, eventually he's going to make a mistake. So, uh, you know, and you got to be careful because he's a guy, I mean, he's highly he's rated. Really highly good. He's year. really good throwing the deep ball. He really he is. is. And we tend to think about Kirk Cousins uh, in that one game he played on Monday night against the Packers and think, oh, he sucks, he's no good. But if you look at his stats and you look how he played all year, he, he's a really good quarterback. I mean, he is. And now how he plays in a big moment remains to be seen in the playoffs. But Kirk Cousins is a highly capable player. You know, <laughs> I hate to go back to Greg Williams and Bounty Gate, but I, I, I feel like if you're in the Saints – defensive locker room if you're if you're in the game plan mm-hmm. room uh, if i'm dennis allen i'm saying the first thing you want to do is affect dalvin cook's shoulder um yeah. you know, he's coming into this game banged up he, he's had to leave two games now and he's been rested a couple times for the shoulder injury and it's good enough to go now and he's full at practice but i just i know he's got a shoulder issue and if he gets hit hard enough like he's gonna feel it um, and I know he's going to have some blockers to try to help with the issue, but I just think right out of the gate, you've got to blow him up. You know, first I mean, carry sh- of the game, hit him right in the shoulder, gang tackle him, make sure you're throwing him hard to the ground. Um, and I know, I know that sounds a little bounty gatey, but that's football. Whatever, you know, that, man. That's, San Francisco, yeah. San Francisco, they knocked Pierre Thomas in 2011. That poor man was out before he hit the fucking ground. Yeah, and the, but that was—I mean, in my opinion, that was a dirty hit. You know, yeah, I know, true. I know that with a ball carrier, you can lower your helmet and everything. But now they're trying to take that out of the game. But to me, that's different. To me, with Dalvin Cook, it's just like you want to make sure he's good to go. You know, if you know he's got a shoulder ailment, you want to send that message that like, hey, we're gonna be giving you a beating all game, and I want to see if you're prepared for that. It's tough, man. To to me, a shoulder for a running back is probably the worst thing you can have. Because at least with a knee or whatever, there's a chance that as you, you know, if you have a a sore knee or whatever, you can get it loose. And there's a a chance that you could get 15, 20 carries and no one really hits the knee hard. You know, or if you have a hand or whatever. But a shoulder... I guarantee you, in his first five carries, he's fallen on that shoulder twice, minimum, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just difficult. The other thing with with Minnesota, the Vikings, was, the Vikings are going to score though. They're going to um, score. So I mean, we're we're going to have to count on the Saints' offense uh, to be playing the way it has been, and that that's the thing. I think if if you were to ask, like, what's the biggest reason for optimism here? I would say it's that the offense is just firing on all cylinders right now they're really playing at a really high level breeze is playing as well as we've seen him play in years right now and if he comes into this game and he's you know first drive touchdown second drive field goal third drive touchdown like if they're if they're operating at that level then i just i think i mean it could be a shootout and then hopefully you hope that the saints can get a turnover and be on the better side of that but um you know, I think the recipe for winning all year for the Saints is don't turn the ball over on offense, stop the run. And I, I think that's that's remains the recipe for how you go 13-3 and three in a season and how you want a playoff game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. You know, and the thing about Minnesota is... Interestingly, they've never, ha- they haven't had a stretch this year, even that this is from their own blog that said this, so, or maybe it was Barnwell, but that they've had stretches where their offense has been really good and their defense has been really good, but never at the same time. Like they've, it's always been one or the other, right? So they've never really put it, and that's the thing, you look at them and you're like, why are you only 10 and 6? Like your top 10 in scoring, your top 10 in, in scoring points allowed, like why are you just 10 and 6? And I know they sat people against Chicago. Um, which would have made them 11 and five, but they just feel like they're, they, they should be better. Um, but they, one interesting thing about Minnesota, Andrew, but I mean, the thing, the thing is Ralph, like they're 13 and like the saints are 13 and three. 
And if Will Lutz misses a 58-yard field goal in week one or however long that was, like, that, that's, that's 12 and 4. And, yeah. you know, and, and if, and if, um, that's true, you know, one other game, a Cowboys game where they never scored a touchdown, I mean, they easily could have lost the Cowboys game. Then they're 11 and five. So like, you know, again, we're talking about a 13 and three team that could have been 11 and five based on like two, literally two <laughs> things happening, um, which were complete 50 fifties anyway. Yeah. And so uh, I just think, you know, Vikings are a good team. Maybe they just had a little bit less luck. It you know we I said in my WWL column is slander and just to fire people up I said look Minnesota they've beaten one team with a winning record it's the Eagles nine and seven that it's NFC East that shouldn't even count and a lot of times when they play they couldn't they couldn't beat Kansas City without Mahomes they got worked by Green Bay pretty much twice um, but the on the flip side of that and I didn't think about this Minnesota their blog was like the Saints haven't played anybody good since September. Now, you can discount the Titans, but, I mean, I looked at the Saints' schedule. I was kind of like, You mean beat, right? What's that? I mean, they played the 49ers. They played the 49ers, but they didn't beat anybody good September. And I looked at the Saints' schedule. I was kind of like, yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, but you can only play who who you can play. But my sense of the Saints is, and you mentioned it, is their offense is so good. I mean, People forget, I think, because the Saints' offense is so consistently excellent. Like, that San Francisco defense, when they came into the Superdome, they were on a historic pace as a pass defense, and the Saints fucking burned them to the ground. And I just look at Minnesota. I didn't realize, Andrew, I didn't realize this. They've benched Xavier Rhodes. Like he, he's only playing about half the snaps now. Apparently, he yelled at Mike Zimmer. They had a shouting match about a month ago, and he's not a starter anymore. Um, and he's been awful. Um, but I did not realize that. I knew he had been terrible, but I didn't realize that they they had reduced his role. So they are really struggling to sort of put guys in place to cover people. Yeah, I mean, I think their secondary, that's that's what the Saints are going to attack, and that's where the Saints kind of get multiple. And, you know, they put Michael Thomas in the slot, and they move, they move Taysom Hill around. And, I mean, it, it's it's hard to account for, man. I, I feel like Jared Cook has kind of been the – his emergence has been the difference for this offense. And that yeah. alone has been what's responsible for this team becoming so good. And so now all of a sudden you've got to worry about Jared Cook, and that allows you to – move Taysom Hill around and get him in favorable coverage matchups. And Michael Thomas is doing his thing. And, you know, Kamara's been a little quiet in the passing game, but I just feel like when you look up and down at this, Jared Cook has been kind of the guy that's unlocked everything the second half of the season for the offense. Well, Um, and look, Kendricks for Minnesota is their all-pro linebacker. He's in the DeMario Davis sort of class this year of linebackers of being able to do everything. He's been hurt and they say he's going to go, but he ain't played since the green Bay game. He hadn't practiced all this week. And to me, you know, we'll see the practice report today, later today and on Friday, but if he's not practicing today and limited tomorrow, like he may try to go, but good luck. I don't care if you're a great linebacker, if you're compromised, Good luck against Jared Cook or Kamara. Like, I think either one of them could have a monster game Sunday. Yeah, yeah, no, they could. I think it's just, 
you know, there's a lot of guys this time of year that are banged up. I mean, it's not just him and it's not just, I mean, there's a lot of guys on the Saints. And I think the big question is, if you play these guys that are injured, how, how good are they? In what state are they? And then if they leave the game because they're injured, how good are their backups? You know, the, well, the, that's, that's the big thing this time of year. Well, that's one of, my, one of my final big questions for you is, in your grades, which people should, uh, thanks to everybody who paid $10 a month for the season, you got access to Andrew's grades, every player, every play. He graded them. Janoris Jenkins... Guy the Saints claimed we were really excited to get him. You gave him a B-plus against Carolina. I know it was Carolina. I know they're a disaster. I know they quit. But he was really good. Do you think the Saints would say, hey, we're playing you over Eli Apple in this playoff game, even if Eli Apple is healthy and can go? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Eli Apple is going to play because he mispracticed yesterday. And we'll see if he... Yeah, we'll see if he is on the injury report and how this goes moving forward. But yeah, that that one's tough. Uh, you know, obviously Jack Rabbit played well on the outside, but I think the vision for him is maybe to play him more in the slot role. So I don't know what's going to happen there with the Saints, um, and they're just going to have to base it on both health and what's best for the team. I mean, this is a tough matchup. I, I think my gut tells me they're going to use Lattimore to take Diggs away. Um, you know, that, that's been the main guy all season for the Vikings. And so if they do that, then you're really looking at Thielen. And I don't love Jenkins as a matchup against Thielen because of the size difference. And so that's where, you know, I don't know that I love Eli Apple against him either, but if Eli Apple's healthy, at least he's got the size to match up. P.J. Williams has size too. Would you put him against Thielen? I know that makes a lot of Saints fans nervous, but if Marcus Williams is back, then you've got him at free safety. So, um, you know, there, there's no doubt, though, I, I think, depending on how healthy Thielen is, I mean, he's missed a lot of the season, too. Uh, that That's a matchup that's going to cause the Saints some problems. And if I'm looking at Kirk Cousins and the Vikings and how they attack this matchup, uh, that, that's definitely the X factor when they have the ball. Obviously, they want to run the ball with Dalvin Cook and have some success there. But who is Lattimore not covering and that's who they're going to throw the ball to. I mean, whether they have success with it or not remains to be seen. But I think that's the game plan for the Vikings, and they're going to exhaust it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. How do you, you know, final thing, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I'm curious to see the atmosphere in the Dome. I, I wasn't able to attend because it's a Sunday game, and I have a work obligations early Monday morning so it just it just didn't work out but I'm really curious to see the atmosphere in the dome um because of all the heartache and playoff stress that the Saints have had um how do you think it will be and if the Vikings jump on the Saints early do you think the crowd will stay in it I do yeah I mean I, I just think New Orleans we've been through this uh, the fans uh, that's the least amount of my concerns um saints fans are battle tested they know how to host a playoff game they know how they need to act when the stakes are the biggest and i, I just think there's zero doubt in my mind that the environment is going to be epic um because that's how we roll as saints fans and there, there's just it's it there's no way that saints fans are going to allow uh how the game started or how the Vikings are playing, or just 
you know, hangover or whatever, uh, <laughs> to a, or, or disappointment of not getting a buy. They're not going to allow any of that stuff to affect how they bring it at this game. There, th- there's a reason that we're yeah. the best fans in the league, and there's a reason why our home games, why it's so hard to play in the Superdome, and why our fan base is noted along with Seattle and maybe a couple others for being a really, really tough place to play. And, I mean, if you're not going to bring it for a home playoff game, then <laughs> I would question, is there ever a good time? You know? <laughs> so, so I, yeah, there's just like, of all the things I'm worried about in this game, there's plenty. Um, I think the, the most nerve-wracking thing for me is just the finality of the playoffs. Yeah, it is. Out. You know, it's one and done. And so that, that's a thing that's just like I have that uneasy feeling in my stomach right now. But if there's one thing I can trust, it's that the fans are going to be there and do their thing. All right, final question. All right, if I told you that you, I can show you, you can look at the box score today. You can't look at, you can't look at score, obviously, and you can't look at turnovers because turnovers is really the thing that will tell you who wins or loses, right? But if I said, Andrew, you can look at one stat from the box score, not turnovers and not the score, what stat would you most want to look at to try to figure out who's going to win? And how to bet the game? Yeah, you know, I I would almost say Kirk Cousins' uh, quarterback rating, um, but you know, if they go down seventeen nothing early and then he pads the stats, like, yeah, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily uh, a great way to to view it. Um, I guess I guess it would boil down for me to. Um, Man, that's tough. I think I would. I think I would say Breeze's quarterback rating. If I if I could pick any stat, I would probably pick Breeze quarterback rating number one, uh, and maybe penalties too. The the penalty discrepancy between the two teams, because you know that's the thing I'm nervous about the refs and just how they yeah. treated the Saints. No, that's like, that. The, you know, the Breeze like quarterback rating was a good one. I didn't think of that. The Saints have 12 penalties and the Vikings have four. I'd be like, oh, that's not good. You know, but if it's about even, or if the Saints are penalized less. That, that would be, you know, there's a lot of hidden yards there. So that, that would be a factor. But I think if, if Breeze has a quarterback rating, let's say higher than 110, then that tells me he's making no mistakes. The Saints aren't turning the ball over. He's playing at a high level. And then, then I'll take my chances against anybody. Yeah, my stat, the, the Breeze quarterback rating is a, great, is a great one. My thing that I was thinking of was tell me, the Vikings rush attempts and rush yards. Yeah. Like that's if, a good one. If, if you told me that the Vikings are going to run 15 times for 40 yards, I'll be like, I Blow think, the, Saints, I think yeah. the Saints win because that means it's all on Kirk Cousins and I don't see him doing it. But if you, if I look at that box score and I see 30 for a buck 20, then I'll be like, oh shit. That means, yeah. you know, and it's not even necessarily because, you know, San Francisco didn't have a hundred yard rusher. Right. But they ran the ball very effectively. So that that, you know, that that thing, the Saints haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher. Yeah, it's a nice stat, but it doesn't tell you the whole story about a rush defense always. So um, that would be my set. So, look, guys, it's Thursday. It's a huge playoff game. Uh, you know, we're all nervous, but I, I think Andrew has talked me off the ledge today you, you a little know, bit. You know, you know another stat I'll be looking at real quick? Um, not necessarily sacks, because that doesn't really tell you 
how much pressure they're getting, I, I would say quarterback hits on Kirk Cousins. If it's more than five, then I feel really good. Yeah, he, the weird thing about Kirk Cousins is when teams hit him, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions because he doesn't have a lot of interceptions this year. But when he gets hit, like all quarterbacks, he his becomes... His completion percentage goes way down. Yeah, his yep. completion percentage goes way down. Um, and we'll just see. I mean, you know, Andrew, you you laugh at me constantly. And I haven't done it this year. Is I always say, like, I don't think this game is going to be close one way or the other. But this game, <laughs> I think if it's close, Minnesota's going to win. But if the Saints win, it's going to be a blowout, and Minnesota is going to be like, maybe we have to reevaluate everything. Like we have to should we keep Kirk Cousins? Should we keep Zimmer? Like this is a disaster. We're never getting any further. And I it, think that's a ridiculous statement, though, Ralph. You're saying if it's a coin flip game, then it's certain the Vikings are going to win. That's yeah, because I just of a think coin flip I, game is it could go either way. Yeah, but I just feel like the the if if it's if it's close, the mojo with the Saints may not be there. That's that's my feeling. Look, you make these predictions. I you know you don't know how yeah. it's going to go, but that that's that's how my gut goes. I I think Kirk Cousins put it. I'll put it better. I think Kirk Cousins is either going to be fucking amazing or he's going to be a disaster. I don't think there's going to be any middle ground for him. Is that more fair? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, I said 34-31 Saints, so okay. I think I think it's going to be uncomfortable, and I just hope, hope it ends the way we want it to. All right, everybody, this has been Saints Happy Hour. This one's free, but you should subscribe. Become a patron. $7 a month, you get Saints every day. You're going to need it for the playoffs in the offseason. All right, everybody, uh, we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>